Ladies and gentlemen around the world, welcome to the Film Deviant Podcast. Yeah! is the deal party people oh boy <laughs> happy happy friday um it's friday when i'm recording this so happy friday everybody happy weekend happy monday happy wednesday whenever you listen to this i wish you all the best all the time every time yeah <laughs> everybody <laughs> anyway i'm in a weird mood because okay so this is what just happened um, I'll just come out with it. I feel weird. I feel crazy. So, 
this morning, <laughs> this morning I got, okay, so I noticed my bathroom, right? Like, so I was shaving and I noticed my bathroom was kind of getting hot because I like to run the shower before I get in there. And so things kind of fogged up in there, right? The the mirror fogged up. And so I made like a little happy face. I made a happy face on the mirror. And then I went into to take a shower. And when I got out, I noticed that the happy face was crying like tears. Like it looked really, I don't know, like it looked super deep, right? So when I got out, I grabbed my phone, which was on the counter, and I took a photo <laughs> of this happy face that's crying tears, right? So anyway, just thought it was a really cool image. Later on, I'm thinking of, you know, changing. You, every once in a while, you look at your profile and you're like, you feel like changing up your profile pic or your cover or whatever. So I looked and I was like, oh, let me just change it up real quick for the weekend. <laughs> whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't like social media is just hilarious to me. But anyway, I went in there and I changed the profile pic and I saw the happy face from earlier today. <laughs> I saw the happy face with the crying the tears or whatever on my mirror. At the, I, just, I don't know. I just thought it was super like, look at me. I'm laughing and crying on the inside kind of, I don't know. It's, it's weird. So I saw it and then I changed my profile pic to this happy face that's crying tears. <laughs> and so later on. After after I do this, it's 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 been up for like a good twenty minutes or whatever, right? One of my dear friends, um, Kate, <laughs> comments under the photo, "Are you naked?" Right? So and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, holy shit!" So I look, I take a look, and sure enough, okay, the those of you that were raised with scrambled cable back in the day, okay. <laughs> If you were to squint and really concentrate and take a take a good look at the photo, you kind of make out like my phone, the the cover of my phone, and then my hand, and then you can, can sort of start to see my like my face in there somewhere, and then you get to notice like <laughs> other things. So I was like, "Holy fuck! Oh my god! What the hell?" So I went in there and then I deleted it and everything and. Now I just feel weird. I feel like, oh my God, did I just post like a nude photo <laughs> on fucking in public, you know? So I don't know. I just, I feel a little, uh, how you say, uh, violated <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Like I feel, feels weird. Um, it's more embarrassing than anything, but whatever. It's what it is. <laughs> if you were one of the quote unquote lucky few to, to see that photo during his its existence and god bless you <laughs> totally apologize for everybody else that caught that photo but anyway anyway so i don't know um i want to before i get into something i, I want to leave you guys with something special something that i never thought i'd get an opportunity to share um but i never thought i'd have one of these uh, a goddamn podcast you know um so i wanted to share something really special that I 
that I recorded um, several years back. Um, but before I do so, I just wanted to talk about something, uh, a couple things actually, that entered my mind during this lovely, lovely day. It's <laughs> one of those things that, um, you know, that you come across. So I came across a video of a dear friend who basically talked shit about myself and somebody else, another dear friend of mine. And it just kind of took me off guard because, well, I don't know, I'm not in the business of trash talking or throwing people under the bus um, just to get elevated to a different level, right? When Whenever you meet somebody new and you think that they're of some kind of worth to you, Sometimes you step on the people that helped you along the way, right? Um, so I came across, I'm, I'm not going to call anybody out, you know, during my show or whatever. But let's just say that whenever you meet somebody and you understand them to be a friend of yours, just be very careful about who you let into your inner circle of friends. You know what I mean? Like, there is so many people out there, so many different motivations and intentions and sometimes you kind of mix with the wrong people in this life. So when I saw this individual, again, I'm trying not to fucking <laughs> mention any names or call anybody out specifically because uh, I just I hate doing that shit, you know. So anyway, I'm watching this video and they're talking about a specific event that happened. Um where they met somebody at a convention, at a horror convention, and I don't know, they, they, they just, this individual used some truly choice words regarding the, the company that he was with that included myself and another dear friend. So when I heard this person expound on this event and basically... Use the 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 event that happened um, to his I don't know to his advantage in order to climb to a different level of what he deemed to be you know <laughs> uh, I don't know career enhancing or whatever the fuck I don't know um, but that happened in front of my eyes and it's very public if you if you're if you go out there and you're in the horror circle, you might come across this particular very public video of this person talking to a bunch of other people. And when I came across it, it just it hit me because I was like, holy shit, this is like a fucking, um, you know, this is a wrench getting tossed at my head. And it just, I don't know, it shattered my trust. Because my, I'm a very, very trusting individual. Like, if I let you into my world, it's because I trust you dearly, right? And so, when this individual broke my trust by doing this, by talking shit about me and my other friend on this very public video, I just got fucking, I got fucked up. Like, I, I, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Can I not, can I not trust anybody on this earth? You know, like I trust my family, obviously. I trust a very select group of people in my life. But when I try to extend that trust into something else, you know, into a very, how shall we say, uh, 
I'm, give, I'm, I'm exposing myself to the person, right? And they have my trust. And then they fucking just piss all over that. It's very unsettling and it's very hurtful. And so now I'm hurt, you know what I mean? <laughs> now I'm hurt and I don't know what to do with that information. So I don't know. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me that some people will... Like, okay, I, I when during my blog writing years, I've come across people that were plagiarists um, and then people that do try to stab each other in the back in order to get ahead. And I learned some of those hard lessons, but as I transitioned into, you know, um, I, I moved away from writing the blog and I moved into more, I don't know, personal territories, right? Like, like recording a goddamn podcast with, with a stream of consciousness coming out of my head. Um, it's, it feels more genuine. It feels more like I'm actually talking to you guys. I'm, I don't, I'm not scripted. I don't, I'm not reading off of a fucking script here. Like I'm, I'm actually talking off the dome and I'm, you know, talking with you guys. So you're listening to my voice. I feel like it's a very, very personal thing. So as I moved my likes and whatnot into those world that world of you know like i love horror i love film and i like to chat about them and i don't necessarily write about them anymore so you don't necessarily have that like you know you write something you take a look at it you edit what you need and you make yourself sound like i don't know however you you want to make yourself sound like in in that way i kind of wanted to sound like a like a witty jackass or whatever that's trying to make you laugh, but also trying to educate you about a certain film. Whereas in here, I'm just talking to you, you know what I mean? So for me, this is much more personal. So as I moved into those more personal mediums of art and whatnot, because I consider this art, you know, I consider this expressive kind of, I'm, ex- I'm, a, I'm sharing with you what I feel that I love with music, you know, through music, through movies, through my own personal filmmaking, my own editing, all that stuff, you know, I'm talking to you personally, right? It's an expression of my art. So moving into this art of talking, (laughs) which sounds ridiculous, I know, but I don't know, man, I, I just feel like it's much more, you know, you're, you're, it's much more honest. I think it's much more stripped down. You're listening to me talk to you brian from film deviant just talk to you about all this shit and so when i hear the person when i hear the person talk right to another person and talk shit about me and they don't necessarily outright you know mention my name and my friend's name but it's like we know dude like we know you were there you know what i mean like you know that we were there like we we are going to listen to this thing and you're putting yourself out there like that. It's just fucked up, man. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's crazy and it's fucked up and I don't understand. But there's people out there that are wolves, like, in sheep's clothing. And I don't know, I'm just, as a public service announcement or however the hell you want to take this, just be very, very, very careful with who you lend your heart to in this world. You know what I mean? I care about you guys. I don't want you to get hurt. Because it's a very hurtful thing when somebody betrays your trust and betrays your friendship like that. It's very, very hurtful. And now it's like, it's got me skittish. Like, I'm going to be very, very, very fucking cautious on who I trust anymore and who I let into my personal, 
you know, my, my inner circle of friends, of people that I trust and, you know, just know and, and share things with, you know? Um, I don't know. So that's just my, my two cents about, you know, just understanding trust, understanding other people, and just trying to be cautious of that, trying to be very, very careful of who you trust and who you let into your life, you know? Um, so that incident happened, along with that other embarrassing Facebook incident from earlier. Um, I'd like to present to you something that I didn't think I would ever get an opportunity to present, because at the time, I wrote it for my friend Vanessa's um, magazine uh, that she was putting out uh, a few uh, several years back. It's, uh, it's an interview with a person that I consider a true friend, and somebody that puts themselves out there, and it's just, she's full of trust, and so I have no choice but to trust the hell out of her. I trust this individual with my life. Um, She's such a great person to know. Um, She's one of those, like, ride-or-die friends, you know what I mean? Like, she's got your back. And I remember when I first met her at Cinema Wasteland, which, you know, after all this crazy... COVID-19 stuff, you know, like, (laughs) fucking goes away, and we're able to, you know, carefully do things the the way that we used to do them. Cinema Wasteland is seriously my favorite horror convention of all time. Like, it's just, it's full of that just personal, you know, fandom, the people that you speak to in in the Cinema Wasteland horror convention, like, whoever you meet, they're just so genuine and they know their shit and they know, you know, they grew up with these films much like you did. And the guest roster for this convention is always like really stellar because they, they pick the cult ones, like the people that you know from these films that you've grown up with, like they pick those people and they actually, they tend to be super down to earth. You know, they're not, they're not those that (laughs) like just want your money and, and, you know, usher you through the line or whatever like i've met some of those celebrities and you know they can be great or whatever but you don't get that personal you know you don't you don't get that feeling like they're going to remember you you know after this years after this or whatever and i don't really expect them to but when i met jaretta jaretta because um so my friend vanessa she set up this interview with myself and jaretta jaretta from from demons my, one of my, as you know, it's one of my favorite films of all time, and I'm going to keep talking about this film, you know, as the show progresses. Um, I, I would not be <laughs> shocked if I looked down one time and like I saw like you know 80 episodes just devoted to demons at you know sometime down the road. Um, but I've always loved the film. You guys know that. You know how I came to be with this film, how it was introduced into my life. So when I met Jaretta Jaretta, I. I I seriously, like, I legit looked at her like, you know, like somebody would look at a Brad Pitt or somebody would look at, you know, um, I don't even know who's, like, out there or whatever, like, Jennifer Lopez or whatever. Like, these really big superstars. Like, to me, Jaretta Jaretta is a huge superstar in my life, right? Um, She was Rosemary in Demons, for Christ's sakes. (laughs) Like, if you guys don't understand, that's huge, right? So, when... I entered because like I, I so my friend that I was talking about earlier um, that 
was on the receiving end of being hurt from this other friend. His name's John Kitley, and I hope to have him on this show at some point. We're we're trying to set things up, but things always get you know we're always with such a busy life, and you know things always get pushed back. But I'm hoping to have him on the show. Um, once I have him on the show, I'm going to fucking retire from podcasting because he's the cream of the crop. He's the staple of the industry. Uh, but anyway. I usually, I help him, um, he, he runs, uh, Kitley's Crypt and it's, um, it's basically, if you go to these conventions, it's a booth devoted to all these awesome horror movie reference books, right? So every once in a while, he'll invite me to come out and help him with some, you know, setting up and selling these books and, you know, just, just being there and helping him out. Um, so I was there with John Kitley helping him in, you know, Kitley's crypt. So I was granted, like, early access and, you know, helping people set up or whatever. I'm walking the, the room, and I go over to where the celebrities sit, and I see Jaretta Jaretta's, you know, table. Like, I, I see, like, where she's going to be sitting. So I was like, oh, my God. So I walk over to Vanessa, and I'm just, like, geeking out with her and cheesing out and all that stuff. So anyway... Uh, right before the convention opens, that's when some of the celebrities walk in. I see Jaretta come in through the the like the side entrance, and oh my god, guys! Like I gotta tell you, I was just fucking. My heart was, you know, doing 190 a minute, um, 190 miles per hour, whatever you you want to call it. Um, and I was just flustered. I was just like, holy shit that's rosemary in the flesh she's right here she's walking in she's walking towards us holy fuck right but guys like when i met her later on um god she's such a genuine person i was actually sharing poetry with her my own poetry she was sharing some of her poetry uh we were you know sharing some of our own personal experiences like she's just not she's not somebody that's afraid to talk you know what i mean like she can be somewhat guarded, like, if she doesn't know you. But if she knows you, man, like, she's just super honest and genuine and down to earth. And when I did this interview, I did it for the magazine at the time, uh, for Vanessa's magazine. And actually, she's into some new stuff. She's actually got a new zine out, which I'll put down in, in the, the links below, um, you know, in this on this podcast show, the, in the details. Because um, she's got a lot of cool stuff that's happening. She's an awesome musician and an awesome writer. Um, so I'll link all of her stuff uh, in the, the, the information section. Um, but back then, uh, she, she was also doing a magazine with somebody else. And I was to write this interview uh, with Jaretta Jaretta for the magazine. But because I had my own thing at the time, my own Film Deviant blog... I've always wondered, like, if I should post it on there, you know, because I have the, the trans. I actually sat down and transcribed every single word from that interview, um, you know, uh, just so I, I have the file. Um, but I was like, you know, I have my own podcast now, so I, I just want to play it here. Like, why can't I play it here? <laughs> you know, like, I I'm, I'm a little always, like, a little weird when it comes to, like, copyright stuff. I don't quite know if I... If I do something, if it's now becomes the property of somebody else, right? But these are words. Like these are, these are, this is an awesome discussion that I've always wanted to share. And now that I have this podcast show, I just want to share it with you guys. <laughs> so I hope you, you know, you have fun with this interview. It's really cool. She talks about some really cool um, details behind the scenes of demons. 
uh, Jareta also talks about like some of her own philosophies and it's just a really, really cool discussion with a really, really cool individual. So I present to you now, after all that crazy shit, <laughs> my conversation with a demon, with Rosemary from the film Demons, Jareta Jareta. Please enjoy. Is it about those of us that do horror? There's just something kind of off. Yeah. So, us that are in it are fish out of water, and I find sometimes the horror fan in their life may be a fish out of water. And I think this the social media has made us all meet up. Yeah. So we feel as touched by you and your lives as I guess you guys feel by ours. Yeah. yeah. And our work. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a perfect segue to my first question. Um, what scares you the most? And carrying that over, what would be your favorite horror movie? Gee, what scares me the most in what realm? Just any, in horror or any, anything? Any, anything in, in you know the human form, um, outside of the media and all that stuff. I mean, on a more personal, like for me, um, God, I, I'm scared of heights. Oh, you know, okay. I I can't stand heights. The movie Vertigo. Uh, the, the Alfred Hitchcock Absolutely, movie? Absolutely, yeah, I never thought Scares the hell out of me. And just on that one just primal well, level, you know? Um, the only thing that scares me on a primal level mm. is something that's relentless, something that cannot mm. stop. Yeah. I am very frightened by that. One, the scariest thing to me ever in the first Terminator is they think they're getting out of it, they've blown it up, they've burned it down to the metal, yeah. and that thing can get up and walk again. Yeah. That is absolutely terrifying to yeah. me. They, they scratch, crunch its one leg, yeah. it keeps coming. Yeah. They knock it down, the arm is coming. Yeah. Relentlessness, I yeah. find that absolutely terrifying. Yeah. The thing that won't stop. Yeah. And I can remember, like my brother and I, like most people just laugh at the mummy and go, what's the big deal about the mummy? It's mm -hmm. only walking, yeah. but it can never stop. Yeah. It's already dead. Right. It just takes a long time. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. That leg is dragging, that one, you know, Boris Kala, that yeah. one arm, yeah. Yeah. I find that terrifying. Yeah. Any kind of movie that the thing won't stop. Yeah. My favorite movie of all time, The Fog. Would you think that's what I would wow. say? That's what wow. I would say. Wow. The Fog with Jamie Lee Curtis. The yeah, fog is coming, will not stop, mm -hmm. her foot jamming on that gas pedal. Yeah. Start, start, start. Yeah. I find that frightening. Yeah. I find that frightening. The thing that won't stop. Yeah. If you can get out of it, if you can do a hex, if you can do the, you can have a cross, crucifix, if you can put salt on it, if you can do whatever, 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 it can stop. Yeah. The thing that can't be stopped. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, real, I, you know, and I, so many people in horror don't have any sort of, formalized religious things. I'm just going to go right out and say Christianity because mm -hmm. um, most of my friends aren't into that, but I am, So, yeah. and I am, I am into heart. And for me, the concept of good and evil, you can call it heaven and hell or whatever, mm -hmm. 
that stuff, there are monsters that can come that we cannot stop them. Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned the fog because John Carpenter, his career, I mean, Halloween with Michael Myers, you can't stop Michael Myers. Yeah. It just keeps coming yeah. and coming. Yeah. And, and like you said, the yeah. fog. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The fog, won't fog won't stop. I, if it's a, if it's a person or a thing that doesn't die, or every 360 days it comes back, yeah. little less frightening to me. Mm-hmm. But fog, you can't stop. Yeah. You know, the new thing. I mean, when you know, 28 days when the vampires finally discover Alaska. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god, that's hey, frightening. You know, yeah, I mean that that movie was more of a mainstream horror movie. But it frightened the hell out of me. Well, you know, I don't consider it mainstream. I mean, I wouldn't know the numbers, so somebody got to look it up and say, yeah, it is mainstream. But nobody I know of the real mainstream people really like it. And the people that I know don't even really know of, not the people I really know in horror world. I mean, my other world. Right, right, right. right. The the normal world. (laughs) That's what nobody I know knows of that movie. They barely know it. Most people, what's that actor's name? Fill in the blank when you research it. But the lead of the movie, Josh 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 Harnett, they tried to build him so much as the new... Is the new, you know, tough new guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. and it, the more, you know, that, Lucky Number Slevin, mm-hmm. 28, you know, yeah. let him do those movies. There's that good actor in there. There's a brilliant actor in yeah. there. Stop pushing him to be what you think he's going to be. Yeah. He was wonderful in yeah. that. Have you, are you familiar with the Penny Dreadful uh, TV series? He's great. Of, yeah. He's great in that. I think he's very good in it. I've got, um, I mean, he's wonderful in it. I don't think... Uh, all of his interactions with some of the other storylines right, right, gel right. but what he's doing and who he's supposed to be I think yeah. he's very good at it yeah, I've yeah. always liked his work right? yeah. you know and I, I, I might have the titles wrong but yeah. it seemed like they were trying to get him to do Pearl Harbor and they, you know, yeah, they had him yeah, as yeah. he was going to be the new I can't think of those older actors names from the 30s and 40s but they thought he was going to be that yeah. and if they would just allow him to be what he is I think he's brilliantly talented yeah, yeah he is, he's great but it's a dry, it's a dry performance. It is. And I think yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you been a big fan of Italian horror films in, in more you know, specifically? No, you know, I can't... Um, after I stopped doing horror, I didn't watch any Italian horror films per okay. se. And I switched over... And I'm not really good with titles, but I switched over to like Korean horror films. That oh, really? I like, Yeah, I okay. like that. Okay. And... Um, and uh, I didn't know of any Italian horror before I was in them. Mm. So I'm just in them. Yeah. And then I know of Dario's work because mm-hmm. it's referenced all the time. Mm-hmm. And when I lived there, that was still on TV because yeah. they were showing them on TV. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I know. So I know what I was in. Yeah. And I don't, so many, some of them that came later, like the thing that Michele Suave did, mm-hmm. some of Claudio Fragasso's work, I know, but what the new, new young'uns are doing, I was, yeah. I'm not that, I don't know, yeah. and I didn't know anything, I mean, I knew, I knew of Italian realism, I had mm-hmm. studied it on my own, I knew of Fellini, mm-hmm. I, you know, I met Alberto Latuada, these are people that I was on, you know, first name basis with I mean you, you I work with Lucio yeah, yeah. Lucio Fulci but yeah. I worked with him I didn't know anything about him yeah. I didn't yeah. know anything about his work yeah. um, Cat in the Brain or whatever you know I didn't know yeah. anything about him yeah. so I don't I'm you know I'm that classic girl I was thrown in the pool but I don't know the name of the lake yeah yeah um which isn't even a good metaphor. How can we throw in the pool and know the name of the lake? <laughs> I was thrown in the water and I don't know the name of the lake. Huh. Um, how did you become a demon? 
how did what what was how explain the inception of your correlation with the film Demons I know you touched upon it um, earlier in the Q&A how did I create my role how, how how did that come about? Like, was there somebody that came to approached you about this? Well, new I film you know or? I was a professor. By the time Demons, I but Demons I think we did it in '85. Yes. So by the time Demons came along, I'd already been there five years. Yeah. And I worked kind of all the time. Yeah. I mean, I only I've only ever supported myself through the creative art. So. Yeah. Whatever I was doing for the five years before, then I'd been doing it well enough. I mean, yeah. I was on the list. Yeah. And then you know there weren't. I'm a pretty particular type, number one, I'm African-American in the middle of Rome. Mm -hmm. And then of us, there's two of us. There's myself and Iris Peinado. There was a moment that Iris and I kind of looked alike, although she's, an, she's a Dominican Republican actress. Uh, at that time, probably had the same coloring, but mm -hmm. she has bright blue eyes, where okay. most of my work, I either have green or hazel eyes, not necessarily natural, but I've been having them so long, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a period when we looked alike. So, of the girls that were working all the time, probably it was Iris and myself that are non-singers, because there's another array of African-American women that are singers yeah. that are all over television and film in Italy, and I don't right. fall into that branch. But of the girls that pro primarily only do drama and work with Italians, yeah. it was the two of us, and there was a wonderful agent that a lot of people worked with that are famous Americans to this day, and from the time of the movies of Cleopatra, his name was Fernando Piazza, he has since passed away, yeah. but he cornered the market of foreign actors. Mm. So foreign, white, brown, yellow, green, you know, maybe black and white, mm -hmm. you were with Fernando. Yeah. So how someone would contact you is someone would say, we're casting this non-Italian role, who do you have, and you only call this one guy. Mm -hmm. So. Anything I was ever in, they called Fernando. Okay. Um, and someone made a call to Fernando. Yeah. How I ended up there or got there more than that, I haven't a clue. But I would assume, you know, I had already done Texas Gladiators 20,000. Right. I'd already done Rats. I've right. already done other movies that we don't even remember, some Charlie Band films. I right. mean, I was definitely on the list. Right. And it, it, oh, so go ahead. What, what I'm thinking, though, is it's such a... Um, I would say it's a generic role, okay? Um, but because you were chosen, because specifically uh, Jaretta is in this role, you're the one that made it iconic. So, it's so you just, said you think it was generic? I think it. Any other actress would have been in it. Mm -hmm. We probably wouldn't be talking here today. Well, you know I can I, mean? I can say this. I don't. I know who wrote it. I mean, Dario yeah. and Lamberto and another friend of theirs wrote it. Mm -hmm. I talk to them all the time. I've never asked, you know, I've never asked them, had you heard of me? I've never asked yeah. them how they know about me, yeah. but they, I always, the character always has a name, and a lot mm -hmm. of people watch the movie, they don't know, but yeah. her name is Rosemary. Right, right. Rosemary always had a name, and mm -hmm. in their mind, mm -hmm. they always knew who it was. Yeah. They always knew, it was never, it was never going to be what you're alluding to, like somebody else, it might have been another girl, mm -hmm. and another demon might have been more popular right, right. it was never that yeah. whoever she was it always was going to be yeah. the fire starter yeah exactly that exactly. that that exactly. that it's not written in the page it right. just goes it says demon number one rosemary mm -hmm. but they all it was this yeah. whatever i am yeah. it was yeah, this. exactly exactly 
And having said that, and not ask Lamberto, and maybe I will ask him, it never dawned on me to ask him. Right. Having said that, I will say, I was known for stunts. Yeah. I oh, was okay. known as a kick-ass girl. Okay. In fact, I had dated a guy and beat him up on a set. <laughs> <laughs> and it started a very bad rumor about me. Oh, wow. um, yeah, that was just, you know, this, yeah. this kick-ass bitch. But, um, you know, I... I did all my own stunts, and yeah. it, they weren't like no people didn't jump off roofs then. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I ran with machine guns. I ran in high heels and could fall yeah. down and roll and jump up. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have punched men in the face in movies. Yeah. You know, I, that people knew. Yeah. And um, you know, it's the eighties. There are not, there are not TV shows of girls exercising to the nth degree. Right. It is Italy. Italian yeah. girls are feminine, gorgeous, and beautiful, and they're wonderful, as they very well should be. Mm -hmm. And they were casting American girls that maybe we were sporty and sporty and jumping around and doing things. Yeah. But apart from that, you know, I, I, I don't know if I might be socially dyslexic. Like, I don't get what other people are talking about. I had no idea that what I was doing or how I am is unusual. Mm -hmm. But I guess it is, and I knew they knew of that. And I know if there's nothing else, the casting said, mm -hmm. she'll have to jump on somebody. She'll have to pull their eyes out. She'll have to pull the hair. I can tell you straight up, there was nobody else. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I know I never auditioned. Yeah. If they ever called anybody, I don't know who they called. Right, right. I know who was in town. Yeah. I, I, there, there, there wasn't anybody else. Yeah. There wasn't anybody else. And, and I mean, to that point, um, you know, like, like I said earlier, I felt that, um, I've always felt that you were the one of the best antagonists um, in, in any film, any film. I mean, you know, like I said, Demons is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, and as I said earlier, you, you never... Your character never really perishes in the film, you know. No, it was written so, that way. Yeah, and and I feel like your character was an integral piece. It was yeah. the catalyst of the film, you know. And it just seems like you're having so much fun uh, playing this demon. Like when when you're watching the film, there's times where you're strang like the the couple that you strangle. Glee, Glee, and the murders. Yes, right? yes. But I was not having fun at all on the I, set. I feel almost like you were stressed out, and you. Were, that's how the performance came out. No, I was not stressed. I was not stressed out at all. But, I mean, I took it extremely seriously. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, have a, I have a strong Christian background. I mean, okay. I, grew up in a, I grew up in a family where my grandmother, I mean, we turned off the lights on Friday. And, they, you know, we turned off all things that were electric yeah. on Friday. And we didn't turn them back on until Sunday after services. And, that, you know, that wasn't every Sunday. But definitely when I went to stay with my, my uh, maternal grandmother. Uh -huh. And, um... You know, we weren't like fanatical, and we don't. We're not the kind of Christian. The form of Christianity that I grew up with, we don't proselytize to anybody. We don't try to convince anybody. Mm -hmm. We don't knock on any doors, right. but we just do our own little thing, and we believe in what we believe in. So all that stuff of demons. I mean, a demon isn't a word if you if you come from the belief background. The set the set of beliefs I have. Mm -hmm. A demon is uh, a worker bee for the devil. He's probably a couple notches up above some other little fuckers down there. So we can get out, we can walk around, we can do things. Yeah. We, ha we have some powers. Yeah. We, are, we, are the, we are the walking dead, we are the living dead, and we are embodied 
former human beings that have been converted to do the will of the devil. Mm-hmm. Now, with this, with that kind of background, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a walk in the park to me. Yeah. And my my acting training says this is the knowledge you you bring to this character. Yeah. So, you know, I. I, I sometimes wonder sometimes people that are doing this kind of horror, like you can't do the exorcist if you don't, to me, you can't do the exorcist or things that are based on Judeo-Christianity beliefs if you don't know them, right? Because right, right. otherwise that's when people go, oh, it's just camp because people don't know what they're talking about and they're just doing gaggy things. Right. Well, to me, I knew exactly what the word demons meant. Yep. I know what they meant. Yep. And both Lamberto and Dario have talked to me many times how they took a year to come out with what are the rules? I mean, these are the people that these are the people that grow up with Dante. You know, I mean, right, come on. Yeah. What are the rules of demons? What can they do? What can they not do? What hierarchy do they have with the devil? Uh, we say we're getting souls. What do we mean by that? I think sometimes people look at the movie and they think it's a zombie infestation. No, no. it is. Those souls will be dragged to hell. Right. We just got to destroy the body first. Right. So, with all that in mind, I wasn't stressed out. But I definitely wanted to bring a good performance to the yeah. party, yeah. and I knew it was more than just rolling your eyes and yeah. you know making you know green come out you know because yeah. we I grew up on The Exorcist you know yeah. just making green come out of your mouth if you're not committed because of right. course you know Linda Blair was totally committed right. and that right. performance was committed even as a child right. so I I I I bought into it yeah. I was that yeah. I was that when I did it yeah. I I intentionally was that. And I thought about what's frightening to me, mm-hmm. and I always was frightened by the mummy, yeah. and so I did the slinky, mm-hmm. slightly dra- uh, dragged leg. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's something about dinosaurs and those little hands, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. little hands that scares me. <laughs> so that's the that's the hands yeah. up. In fact, yeah. I have a I have a French bulldog now, and oh, nice. she can hold things. I always yeah. go, look at her hands, look at her hands. <laughs> she kind of scares me. <laughs> She's holding things. There's something about hands, those little hands yeah. that gets me. Yeah. And I always knew, I have a large hand, I've always been told I have a pretty hand. Yeah. So I knew it was going to show up. And yeah. they spent a lot of time on my hands. Yeah. I didn't think they were, they didn't want those not in the shot, you yeah. know. Yeah. So that got me. Yeah. And I think, um, I think, Chay, I, I have a, a I have a thing about running. I think it's a, I sort of God. I think it's a sense memory of having run from something or former slaves. Although in my immediate family and I've researched it, we we were free blacks the whole time. But I think I have some sort of sense memory of people running. Yeah. When I watch track and field, football, sport, anything, mm-hmm. I can break into burst into tears. I find the the beauty of the human body mm-hmm. moving quickly through space. There's something about it that gets me. Poetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that rosemary chasing people, oh yeah, that was working for me. Yeah. And the and yeah. the spandex, the spandex <laughs> with them boots. I was oh, all man. over that. I was all over that. Now, I, oh, I said, I'll get some people. Was there any cha- anything challenging regarding the role? I mean, uh, it, it, it was extreme. They had to close down the set once. I, I oh, had yeah. like a nervous breakdown a little bit, and I think that was uh, that was after the eye gouging. Oh, okay. The eye okay. gouging. That was creepy to with me. With the with the blind character. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Um, we so, both so, fell. So it was a, a true performance in the way that your character looks like she's enjoying it, but deep down inside, you... you well, she's enjoying it because she's a maniacal freaking killer. Right, right. But that's a testament to your performance. Well, you thank know? you. Yeah. But uh, I didn't enjoy it. And I don't know what props they had, but it was just... I mean, when I'm doing it... I don't know how to act because, you know, my training is well, but it's not that deep. Yeah. So I can, I can, 
transfix myself or transpose myself into the thing mm -hmm. that I could do. Yeah. And it can't be too far from me because I don't have enough training. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know how to be a monster. I know how to be monstrous. Yeah. I, you know, we can all be monstrous. Yeah. I know how to reach that part of me. Yeah. There's definitely a part of me, you know, but for the grace of God, I'm not in prison somewhere, but I could, I could, I could be a murderer, you yeah. know, and I could bring that up at the moment. Yeah. And that feel of the eyeballs and that, that, that I didn't like that one. And yeah. I just, I just started crying and had a breakdown. Yeah. And they called me shut down the set for a little while. Oh, wow. And um, we both of us, when we come running out of the bathroom, we both fell. We yeah. both fell really badly. Yeah. Uh, Fabiola fell, wor fell worse than I did. Yeah. But we both slipped and fell on that long corridor, oh. and that's never fun. Yeah. And uh, the thing that grossed me out the most is I didn't like, I have a, a cute sense of smell, and uh, I had to wear those smelly clothes every oh, day. Yeah. That was horrid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was horrid. And that yogurt stank. How much you put yogurt in your hair under hot movie lights? Oh, God. That was disgusting. <laughs> I bet, I bet. That was disgusting. Yeah. And that was the fun, and I had to wear the same dirty clothes for 15 days. Yeah. For the continuity, there's no way they can match those pants, right. the shirt, right. and the hair was done with yogurt, mm -hmm. the vomit was done with milk and Alka-Seltzer and food oh. coloring. Wow. And remember, you know, no CGI, no fancy right. stuff. Right. So, you know, I, you know, I'm a young woman and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have my timidness. And, you know, the guys were had to string um, tubes up my pants leg. And you know, for the bubble to burst. Oh, right, right, so there's right. a guy down there, you yeah. know, by my ankles with a tube going up my leg and through my, you know, through yeah. my from my private parts practically, <laughs> going up my back and then under a plastic to make my face blow up. Plus the pressure. Right. The first time it blew up like a balloon, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. And then the next time it wasn't quite right. And you know, you're giving it your all, everybody's looking at all you. All the while you're acting. Yeah, yeah. And I've had movies before, like I have a different relationship with Bruno Mattei. I, you know, I could talk back to him because he kind of liked me like an yeah. uncle. Yeah. And I mean, I've done monster movies with him, and I, you know, the monster wasn't freaking working. Right, I could right. go, Bruno, you know, I could answer <laughs> back, but not with these guys. I yeah. mean, it just it was stressful. Yeah. And I had a full-time television gig during the day. Right, right. And I got in trouble once because I got back late. I missed yeah. my television shoot. I got in trouble once. It covered for me, but it was like, don't do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really the only reason why I alluded to it being stressful because you had a lot going on during well, that time. Look at me, I'm the typical actress. Yeah. Denial, denial. He said stress, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I wasn't stressed. I had a TV show, I have a movie, I'm with two famous Italians. Yeah, yeah. This shit won't blow up on time. But no, no stress, <laughs> no man. Stress. What? what are you talking about? Smooth, right? <laughs> Smooth, right. I'm wearing dirty clothes for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yogurt and I, Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I was stressed. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was a lot of killing. Yeah. I mean, look how many murders I did. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's why I said, I mean, that's when, not fun. Originally, when I when I watched the film, it was frightening to me. You know, yeah, I'll it should admit, be. Um, the Exorcist be. is the one film that's always gotten to me, yeah. uh, to my core. You know, yeah. and when you bring a level of the Exorcist and all these demons running at yeah. you, yeah. it just brings in a, a just a, an adrenaline rush yeah. of fear. You yeah. know, so yeah, I, I I I think your performance is perfect for. The film. No, no, thank you. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it very much. I'm, I, you know, I'm just thinking back to all the things, and I, you know, you were you were asking me something about you were saying, well, you know, and that character, and I, you know, I was really trying to emphasize 
they knew who Rosemary was. Yeah, yeah. But here's something, here's an aside, though, that no American can really get unless mm -hmm. you were there at that time. Mm -hmm. They knew who Rosemary was, but no one could have ever imagined that in any way, and I'm not saying that I do, but let's just pretend that it did, yeah. uh, eclipse the other four, because you guys cannot realize how famous that four, that four young leads were. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Natasha Hove, you have no idea. She was yeah. in the number one box office movie of yeah. all time at that time yeah. with Carlo Verdone. Mm -hmm. And the, the first movie was uh, Water and Soap. And the second one, I think she was in The Grande, which we know it in America as Big, starring Tom Hanks. Right, right. Okay? These are, I mean, it's such a huge hit that the Americans make it with Tom Hanks, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the lead in, in Demons, the right, lead right. girl. Right. So, they knew who Rosemary was, but I can tell you, I'm pretty sure they all thought that if it did go down in time, it would go down in time as a sweetheart character that Natasha Hove always played and yeah. does play very well. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have ever imagined that Dario, Lamberto, myself, mm -hmm. and Tony... Bobby, the, uh, his real name's Bobby, sorry. Yeah. Bobby, Rhodes, and I would be the ones sitting around chatting exactly. more than it would be Natasha yeah. and, and, and Barbarini. I mean, yeah. uh, he's, I mean he's a, what, his family goes down in history thousands of years. I yeah. mean, what's my little yeah. performance in comparison to that? Right. I don't think anybody could have guessed that. Right. There's right. no way in 20 years. And, and that's really what I alluded to. I mean, when you bring up demons to any horror fan, it's always Jaretta. It's always and Bobby. Bobby, you know, and, Fa and yeah, and Fabiola because a lot of people love the demon right. coming out of the back. Right, 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 right. And she's so pretty. <laughs> as you are as well. Thank you, but she would have been considered the pretty one. Well, I was the goofy one. <laughs> now, what are your feelings for you know when, whenever you see the love of demons uh, from fans just around the world, around the country? I don't know. Does it trip you out feeling? sometimes? Like no, I, no, no, because everybody likes to be loved. I, can, I like to be loved. <laughs> so I'm an actress. No, but uh, surprise, yeah, amazement, gratitude, yeah, yeah. pure straight up gratitude, yeah. love it. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no finance. At least where I am, there's no financial gain. Mm -hmm in being loved for a movie that was made a long time ago. Yeah. But there's an amazing emotional thing yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. And as long as they'll have me, I'll show up. You know, yeah. I'll be opening up supermarkets, you know, <laughs> if, they, if they'll have me. You know, or, coffee, or laundromats. You know, yeah, laundromats <laughs> or, you know, coffee shops in Beijing. I'll show up. Yeah. I'll do an opening. Yeah. You no, know, it's, um, it's extraordinarily enjoyable to be appreciated for something you've done. Yeah. And people that aren't actors just assume, well, all actors, right? They make a movie, people love them. I mean, you can make hundreds of things and nobody loves you. And they were good performances. Yeah. You can make something really not so good and people love you and you don't want to talk about it because you don't think it's your good work. Right. This is a uniquely bizarro and wonderful Thing that I'm on the toe edge of it. I mean, these guys have made other movies that are, you know, true, even truer works of art, and I'm yeah. on the tail end of a niche that no longer exists. I think I'm, I think I'm the only human being that worked with all five because two of them are dead. Yeah. But Dario Argento, Lamberto Bava, 
Bruno Mattei, Lucio Fulci. I'm going to throw in Michele Suave because he was on two movies that I always did. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, who worked with all of them? I, uh, I think it's me. Yeah. I mean, I almost Oto Ottaviano, but I don't know if he's worked with Dario, so I don't know about that. There are two, you know, I, it's, a, it's an incredible, unique two summers and a half, I guess, I yeah. did the majority of these films, although it, pr it spreads out over a larger span of time. Right. And loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm was genuinely in the moment. Mm -hmm. I was a young girl in Rome. Mm -hmm. There's no thought process. There's no plan. There's yeah. no career plan. Yeah. Um, and I got to do all of that. And everybody still knows me, still likes me. And before they died, of the two that are dead, at any point they remember me. That's rare. Yeah. I mean, yeah. directors don't remember everybody. Right. I mean, right. I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Couldn't be happier. Yeah. Couldn't be prouder. Yeah. That's and that's now. And I, I'll throw this in. I left Rome, and uh, after maybe six months, I was very graciously and happy accepted into the American Film Institute. Oh, and they, the first day we all interview, uh, we all introduce each other, uh, the first day of school, more or less. And uh, someone says, well, what do you do? And there's all these people that have already shot the first film, and they've done this, so they went to UCLA and the undergrad, blah, blah, And I stood up, and, I, and I'm always... I, I, I just think humor, I'm always, I always, I always am self-deprecating, mm. deprecating, and I said, oh, you know, probably a lot of you don't know me, I'm American, but I just moved here from Italy, and I was in a lot of B-movies, and I mean it like a joke, because these yeah. aren't B-movies, they, they had huge, huge budgets, and I said that, the entire room just sort of, the mind went, she said B, and I don't think they ever heard me again, yeah. and I saw that reaction, and I never told anyone ever again that I worked in Italian movies. Wow. wow. I just thought, oh well, yeah. don't mention it, don't say anything. And then I, a couple times people would say, oh that's the queen, queen of the screen, or whatever, whatever that phrase is. Yeah. And uh, I knew I wasn't, because that, that means something else to me. That's a right. different type of film. Right. These are not right. screen queen movies. Right. And I knew I'm the monster. Yeah. I'm the monster, bitch. I, yeah. I never broke an ankle, right. a fingernail, or anything else. Unless it was somebody else's. Exactly. I've broken exactly. some other people's ankles. Exactly. You know? And, but I, I just was made to feel so small. And it's not just AFI. It's probably me and my own insecurities. But in that moment, at that time, mm -hmm. I felt so small. I never told anybody ever again. Yeah. Put it behind me and went on to learn how to write screenplays. Never promoted it, never told anybody. And, uh, you know, got lucky with some of my own writing and never told anyone I had this, I had had this career in Italy. Right. Tell it. And then I had a bad incident of, you know, some um, couch chasing by an agent. Uh -huh. And once I got to America, again, I also stopped acting. I went, that's the way they do it here? Yeah. Everybody in Italy, everybody always thinks it's Italians chasing people. It was never chased once. Never had anything inappropriate happen to me. Never in a casting couch. Nothing. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I came to America, one of my first auditions, somebody chased me on a couch. I quit acting. Yeah. And it's a pity. Yeah. It's a pity. But I was so shocked. I had no tools, how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm acting again now, but I never did then. Um... No, that, that's interesting because it's, it's funny because everything kind of segues into the next thing. As it should. That's, that's, a, <laughs> it, that's the definition of a segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are, as I said, one of the, you remain one of the strongest and most memorable female characters of race in the genre of 
all time, you know. And you know, but maybe I think only you eyes. and I know it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they keep um, missing me. There's all these polls, black women in horror, and I, you yeah. know, they just keep passing over me. Yeah, but yeah. I guess, I guess people will find out one day. But it's amazing because you are so strong in the film, and and strong in the sense that you know, like. Like when you see Linda Blair's performance in The Exorcist, you know, that's what you remember the most because she's scaring the hell right, out of right, you right, and, right, and you're right. scared of her. Yeah. And I feel like you, you transcend that and you become something much stronger and iconic, you know. And it's so great to see um, what you, the, if you want to talk about that project that you do once a year uh, for female writers. Um, yeah. I, I, just, I think it's so great coming from an actress like you uh, who's played such a strong role like that, and, and other films as well. Well, you know, um, yeah, in fact, because um, in, even in Texas Gladiators 2000, yeah. mm -hmm. I walk in, uh, you know, shit kicking girl with a machine gun, I'm, right. I, you know, right. I'm spraying guys down till they right. get me. Right. And right. I mean, you know, the late uh, Robert Gente, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I slug him in the face. Yeah. And then kiss him before he uh, slugs me back. And uh, in Rats, uh, you know, I don't want to do any spoilers, but you know, I, I definitely don't break any nails in that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't go down. I don't. I don't go on that. I don't go down on that one either. Yeah. And obviously in Demons, I mean, they wrote they wrote it that I should come back in Demons too. And mm -hmm. you know, bad uh, vacation day, I missed my shoots. So I was never in Demons. I didn't make it to Demons too, and mm -hmm. the movie went differently. Um, but they always intended for me to come back as that character. And um, even that, in the that's stuff actually with, something I, I didn't know about. Yeah, and no, that's the truth. Wow. That's absolute wow. truth. I was cast in it. They wrote it for me. Right. Watch the movie very carefully. I never die. Mm. Right. My, my right. demon is quite alive, and you right. never see me die. And you see right. many of them die. Right. And even with Bruno Mattei and his uh, films, uh, I did. I did the rats, and I did the other one. I'm a sergeant calling big, big marine men pussies. You know, a bunch of pussies, you know. And I'm pretty. I'm Sergeant Coster in that. I'm a pretty tough chick. So, yeah, I think what happened with me though is I was lucky, and I got to do this niche of these iconic women that are very strong. That is not to say all casting in Italy was that way. Right. Uh, there was something about my personality. I don't know what it is about that they just saw me that way because I do not see myself that way. Right. But they cast me that way, and that's yeah. what I look like on, on film. And you know, I was thin and mm -hmm. muscly, and I looked tough. Mm -hmm. But there were lots of roles I thought were stupid. Yeah. There were lots of things. Get your tits out, girls. You know, yeah. get the girls out. Um, there were lots of rape movies. There yeah. was so. I mean, it was, and that was a period. Every you know, American cinema did it in the seventies. Italian cinema continued to do it till they had to stop, mm -hmm. where you use rape as a plot point. Mm -hmm. And by the time I came along in the 90s in the schools I went to, it was just, no, you don't do that. You do not use violence against women as a plot point. It may happen because we live in the world where it happens, but right. you just don't be raping people because you don't know what right. else to write. Right. And what happened to me is I just saw it so much, I could yeah. no longer stand it. Yeah. And so my first assumption was, well, maybe it's just more women would write, mm -hmm. Maybe that could change. Yeah. Much like, you know, as soon as more African-Americans were writing in television, we saw the role of African-Americans change. And even though, I mean, we're not as represented as much as we should be, there's a lot of people of color, male and female, writing television, and that's why there's more color, people of color in TV of right. all different types. Right. So I think it's just a lingering memory that I have. It's just those movies, mm -hmm. those and I love Italy, and you know, I don't really say it's sexist, I say it's misguided, you know, yeah, I'll probably yeah. get in trouble. But I just could not take it anymore. Yeah. And as an adult, once I got to a place, 
I just wanted to give women a chance to get their stories out. And I formed a couple years now a nonprofit uh, foundation called therightroom.org, which is all about giving women and girls a time and a place where they can get their stories out. And it's available to men. Men can apply, men can attend. But the stories must be non-pornographic, whatever your definition of that is, and ultimately whatever my definition of it is, because it's my, these days, it's right? my, I'm the boss. <laughs> um, and, but, but it roles of uh, women, uh, po positive roles of women and girls, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or a, a plot that is positive about women and girls. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care. You, could, you know, it could be Mr. and Mrs. Smith as long as it's right. you know, positive. Right. So, um, you know, and other than that, there's no judging. There's nothing, and it comes directly from having been in those movies having been cast before I even got to Italy only as a hooker because yeah. my skin was brown, I was thin, or I would have been the mammy, you know, yeah. if I was my skin was brown and I was uh, larger than I am naturally. Yeah. And that's just the way it was, and I got tired of it. And so I have this uh, foundation, and it's got a building and a space, and it's legal, and it uh, can take donations. And it's uh, based in Costa Rica because people like Sun, mm -hmm. but our offices are in Miami. Mm -hmm. And we do a screenplay competition uh, once a year, and we give a pretty hefty uh, first prize. And we're not as good as we hope to be, but we really do want to give writers a, a leg up to the industry because right. I know everybody, and lots of people know me, and the people that don't know me at least will take a phone call. Right. And that's just my mission. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did go to the American Film Institute in screenwriting, and um, I like directing, but if it's not written on the page, and any director will tell you, if it's not on the page, it's not in the movie. Yeah. So I think it's important. I just want to get more women's stories out. And there are all kinds of women. Yeah. It's not going to be all romantic comedies. Yeah. And it's not going to all be, you know, shoot 'em ups It's not going to be all, you know, sensitive, girly movies. It's going to be all kinds of shit. Because yeah. women are all kinds of people. And right. that's why I did it. And it's a direct, I can tell you straight up, it's a direct line of a lot of stories I didn't like mm -hmm. that I saw at that time in my life, and it's a long time ago, things have right. changed, right. but it's just what I, I grew up through, and I would just, that's my version of giving back. Yeah, yeah and it's great because you're Thank giving you. most women yeah. a chance, just yeah. a chance. and it's international because remember, it's in Costa Rica, yeah. so yeah. it also means getting those stories out, yeah. it yeah. means getting Caribbean stories out, right. it means I have a friend that has a very successful nonprofit for First Americans in Alaska, and yeah. we want to do a cross-cultural with them. They've yeah. never seen sun all year. Yeah. Our girls have never seen snow. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Right. So, and, and it's the same thing, you know, for some girl. I live in the South now, and there are, you know, some lovely blue-eyed girls in a trailer someplace that have mm -hmm. never seen a, a luscious place where you eat fruit and, you know, five-star treatment. I mean, it's right. for everybody to have an exchange. Right, right. And... They can write while they're on the premises or not. Yeah. Because, you know, in the words of Virginia Woolf, you know, what does it take a woman to be a writer? It takes 6,000 a year in a room of her own. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Now, do you ever stay in touch with any of the cast from Demons? Yeah, I'm primarily Bobby. Bobby, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we talk all the time. Yeah. We talk yeah. all the time. And uh, the funny thing, <laughs> yeah, who do I say? The cast. Not so much because uh, Barbie, uh, Barbarini, he's gone on another way. Yeah. Uh, Carl Zini, who's the dark-haired fellow, mm -hmm. he and the girl in the coke scene are married and have kids. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Lamberto talks to them all the time, so yeah. I hear about them through Lamberto. Yeah. Natasha, Natasha, I know where she is, and she's married. Yeah. The other girl, the other two girls, have no idea where Fabiola is. And the girl that was a dark-haired girl, her father's a famous cinematographer, but I don't, I, I didn't know her that well. Yeah. And uh, but the people that I see and that I talk to the most are actually Dario and Lamberto. Oh, wow. and we talk all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we That's talk great. all the time. That's great. Now. I, I've noticed, you know, don't think that I'm a stalker, but I've, no <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed on Facebook that you've been coy a couple times about, you know, maybe a, another venture into the demon's world as yeah. far as film goes. I mean, is there anything you could talk about, or is that still kind of... Uh, I, I don't stage. know. I don't know when your article's coming out. So let's see. Let's I mean, see. you don't have to, but it just as a no, fan, no, 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 no. I'll be throwing a bone out. I'll throw a bone out. Let's say this. I'm obviously in a position mm -hmm. that if there was something I did, mm -hmm. it would always it would go to the top of the it would go to the top of the food chain. Okay. Uh, if it's feasible, it's feasible. Yeah. So some time ago, I in Los Angeles banged out a very lovely concept and idea mm -hmm. of, a, of a revisit because here it, here's just straight up to the fans. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes, Why is, where is Demons 3? Mm -hmm. I've got one, everybody's got one. Everybody, anybody sniffing around, from Dario to everybody, everybody's got one. Yeah. It's extremely complicated the the rights to the film. I heard. I heard That's that. why yeah. it is. And everybody goes, just put it in the internet. Yeah. Italy, baby. And that yeah. was the 80s, okay? Yeah. Yeah. It isn't like that. We know who sold what, but then who's got it now? Where's yeah. the letter? Where's the piece of paper? Yeah. We know the guy that's got the letter. So it cannot officially have the name Demons until that's clarified. Yeah. People have been trying to clarify that for 20 years. Yeah. Having said that, do I have a script that people have heard about? Yep. Does Sergio have a script that people have heard about? Yep. Does Lamberto have a script that most people have not heard about? I can tell you, yes, he does. And I can tell you, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's got goosebumps when you said that. But, okay, okay, that's, that's fair. And you can say, she stopped there. <laughs> um, any crazy stories from the set of Demons? Anything memorable that... You can remember that. Well, I don't know. It, it just depends on what kind of trauma do you... I mean, trauma. What kind of trivia <laughs> do you really want? I mean, Carl Zini... Uh -huh. I mean, I you know, so cute, so lovely, yeah. so handsome. He had a crush on me. Oh, and wow. I just was not reading the lines. He's coming to my house all the time. Yeah. All the time. And then when we were on the movie, that's when he met the little punk girl. Mm -hmm. They fell in love, and they're married with two kids. That's crazy. That's she never acted again. And, yeah. and he is actually the nephew of an extremely famous yeah. uh, actress in Rome who yeah. uses the last name Zini. It's his aunt. Mm -hmm. And Lamberto always loves to say, oh, my two lovebirds, my two lovebirds <laughs> have fell in love on my set. And they have kids. They've grown up. Yeah. It's really lovely. That's you know? great. That's great. Um... The only thing, you know, the one thing that I really like to share is, you know, you guys, everyone sees all, you know, the maestro, which would be Dario and Lamberto mm. and everyone. You guys all meet them now. Mm. You have to know, but in my mind, mm -hmm. I see two thin young guys. Yeah. yeah. There was two thin young guys that were just talking all the time. Yeah. 
I mean, they and they, there's a way that it, I was talking. I was speaking to another director. We're we're at a venue where there's a lot of filmmakers right yeah. now while we're doing this interview. And I was just speaking to another director right now, and he was asking me, you know, the difference between American sets and Italian sets. I don't know how to explain this to you, but Italian directors basically they primarily talk to the talent, mm -hmm. and then they tell the first AD what they want the camera to do, mm -hmm. and the first AD tells the DP what he wants, and then the DP tells the cameraman. But they're basically, the directors are just basically talking to us, mm -hmm. keeping us feeling good, reminding us what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And it really, I don't know, the, the chain of command, it's really like a family. Yeah. Yeah. And the kind of family that you don't want to let anybody down, not the kind of family where you hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's my memory. It's like people always ask me what it's like, and I kind of don't have anything to say because... It's not such a tradition of doing the prank, and I think that comes because on American sets the setups are so takes so long. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, I just don't remember anything taking long. Yeah, every everything back then, especially in Italy, was just here. We have the set. Let's do this. Let's I, but you know, people aren't. You know, things have changed a little bit now because I know people are sort of swinging back to a little bit more old school. Yeah. But let's just say there was a point, and look, at the cost that American films cost, you want every possible coverage there is. Mm -hmm. So at least when I was going through, you cover everything. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they might want. That's mm -hmm. what we were all, you don't know what they want might want. But Italy isn't like that. Yeah. The, the director does know what he right, wants. Right. Why, why do 17 setups? You can only use one take. Yeah. So yeah. no one does that. So yeah. you really don't have all, you know, it does not take all day. Yeah. It does take yeah. all day, but it doesn't take all day that you really have to be in a trailer with all your friends yeah. for half the day yeah. to do one line of dialogue. It simply is not like that. Yeah. There's only, you know, there's so many shots. If you're such a big guy that you get, or big girl, that you get so many takes, that's you. Mm -hmm. But it isn't the opposite, that the setup is so long and we're going to cover it from the left, from the right, upside down, from the back, over the shoulder. It's just not like that. Yeah, yeah. They already know, I want it this way, and it's going to cut that way. Mm -hmm. I need this cutaway here, and I need a foot there. And just in case none of that works, let's shoot the ceiling, mm -hmm. and we'll hear somebody singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really like, right. you know, just in case. Right. Just in case. Right. But, yeah, so... There's just not all that downtime. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dreda, you, you seem like such a lovely, creative soul. But? Uh, and, and, <laughs> I mean, just, just anybody around you can see that. What inspires you, you know, just in your life, just as a creative person? It could be anything. Oh, this just sounds so stupid, but goodness. Good. That's beautiful. That's not stupid. To, you know, to try to achieve it, to try to be it, to try yeah. to find it, and to recognize it. Yeah. Perfect answer. <laughs> um, what's next? You know, I, I was listening, I was listening to NPR the other day, and there's some, there's some incredible young 22 or 21 year old Australian director here in America, and he's got some television series, I can't remember the name of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's some sort of story where he's gay, and we're watching his life as a gay man. That's all I can remember from NPR. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I don't understand being in America. I don't understand being in America. Everybody keeps asking me, what's next? What's next? He goes, 
I'm, yeah, I think he's 26. He goes, I'm 26 years old. I have a hit television show on, on television. Americans, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be so pressured. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy right now. Yeah. Another great, another perfect answer. I take that as, <laughs> I take that as, well, so, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just happy right now. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Now, now, do you keep up with, like, current films? I mean, do you have a recent favorite I film? do, but I have to say, in this particular moment, I don't. I have mm. been living in Costa Rica in a rather rural neighborhood the yeah. last four years, and we literally don't have a cinema. Yeah. And I know you all think we've said, you know, that we're living in the Matrix and we're all connected. Yeah. Babes, I can't get Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I can't get anything. Yeah. So I'm not as current as I would like to be, yeah. and the things that I do watch are primarily from other countries countries. Yeah. I'm probably reading a lot more these days. Okay. Okay. And um, I don't really see much current at all and yeah. have it for four years, which is shocking. This is a girl that used to watch five to seven movies a day yeah. Yeah. as part of my training and staying on top of things. I've lived everywhere. I mean, I've lived everywhere and I've traveled even more. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my little bag of goodies could be movies from South Africa. It can be Turkish movies. It can be Japanese movies. I am very into things from China. I'm very into Korean movies. I'm very into indie stuff. And I went, you know, I, you know, African-American movies, Latino movies, obviously. Movies out of Spain, like some of my favorite directors from Spain. I just got into Brazilian film. Um, that's saying a lot not to have seen anything for four years. Mm -hmm. So I've just moved to New Orleans, and I cannot wait to jump back into the pool. Into I don't that. know what's been going on, yeah. and I'm very yeah. excited. That's great. I'm yeah. very excited. Any final thoughts for the fans out there? Anything you want to leave with? <laughs> just keep writing me. I like that. <laughs> always, always. I just, I like that. Always. Stay in contact. I'm yeah. on, I'm on everything I can be, and uh, trying to find out all more new stuff. Yeah. The, the cutest thing is the other day I was uh, with, I was chatting with my friends on Tumblr, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, a, a lady will never tell a true age. So I was uh, <laughs> chatting with this, with someone who I assumed was somewhat young, uh -huh. and I said. Uh, Listen, I mean, you're over 20, you're over, you're over, you're, and I said to him, you're over 21, right? Because I want you to know I'm like somewhere in my 40s. And he, he, he online, he burst out laughing and he said, someone in their 40s on Tumblr? <laughs> so, so, so youngins, I try to stay current as best I can. Being very 40 plus. <laughs> well, I can certainly tell you that you've, you've made one fan uh, dream come true. So thank you so much for doing this interview. Oh, thank you. I, I think I could say my life is complete. Oh. <laughs> Does that mean we can start drinking some whiskeys now? <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs>
So that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. I hope like you sat down somewhere and really listened to that awesome discussion. It was so much fun, and I'm so happy that I'm able to share that experience with you guys. Like that fucking crazy experience. Uh, because, like I said, Dreta is one of the best people that I know. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's all I got for this episode. Um, please join me for the next episode. I'm not sure what it will be. Um, maybe I might, maybe I might have a guest so you don't have to, you know, listen to my awkward voice and you get to listen to somebody else's cool voice. Um, but whatever the case, thank you all for listening, for subscribing, uh, for writing such kind reviews. Um, I invite anybody listening to this to, you know, subscribe if you want. Um, share it if you want. Um, you know, it's just some dude somewhere having these cool discussions about film and some personal stuff. Um, you know, projecting that to you. <laughs> so I don't know if you find it, you know, entertaining or whatever, but I hope that we connect on some level because I always love doing that with individuals, you know? Um, so anyway, thanks again for listening. I love you guys. Please, please, please take care of yourselves and each other. Peace out. Summer